Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. Another game day edition of Flyers Daily. Here we go. And welcome to another edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. This is your Thursday, the 20th of February edition, and it is game night once again. This time the Flyers on the road to take on the Columbus Blue Jackets, the back end of a home-and-home, which opened on Tuesday with the Flyers getting a 5-1 win and leapfrogging two teams in the standings, including the opponent on Tuesday and the opponent tonight. That would be the Blue Jackets and the New York Islanders game night in the NHL for the Flyers looking to add two very important points and looking to sweep the season series from the Columbus Blue Jackets. You know, it's kind of funny. Looking at the standings, I see that Columbus, if the playoffs started yesterday, would have played the Tampa Bay Lightning of all teams, who they, oddly enough, swept in the first round last year. Uh, But we'll see how it plays out. Still a lot of runway left here in this NHL season before we get to that. And we've got some Twitter questions coming up in this episode. But I want to kind of dive into these standings first and foremost. But right after I tell you that the Flyers did make a trade. The Flyers made a trade on Wednesday night, sent out uh, per Chuck Fletcher that they have traded goaltender J.F. Berube to the New York Rangers in exchange for future considerations. Now what that does to minor league goaltender, he actually played last night as well in an 8-5 win for the Phantoms, uh, but it opens up a spot for uh, Ustamenko uh, to play in Lehigh Valley in the AHL. So Chuck Fletcher doing a little maintenance on the farm system and development of Ustamenko along with obviously uh, Sandstrom, Felix Sandstrom and Alex Lyon will be the rotation down there now with the Phantoms, but they made a trade, not a big trade, but they made a trade. All right, so I want to get into the uh, the, the standings right now in the NHL. And I, I'm interested to hear people's feedback on this because it was odd when I was kind of looking at the standings and digesting the standings. I'm saying, boy, the NHL has achieved something that no other sport has achieved. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. You tell me. Hit me up on Twitter, at Jason Mert. But it's called parody. When you look at the standings and the leaders in every division – These divisions are all incredibly tight. The biggest lead in any division from first place to second place is two points. So the Atlantic Division, the Boston Bruins are leading the Tampa Bay Lightning by one point. In the Metropolitan Division, the Pittsburgh Penguins are leading the Washington Capitals by one point. In the Central Division, the Blues are leading the Dallas Stars by two points. And in the Pacific Division, Two teams are tied with 70 points at the top of the division. The separation from division leader to wild card isn't that drastic, especially in the Western Conference. In the Eastern Conference, a little bit more pronounced, but not incredibly different. So this is parity in the NHL. This is a tight group at the top. You don't have the situation you had last year where you had a team like Tampa out with 128 points and on cruise control for the last five weeks of the season. Every team's battling for every point right now to get home ice, secure home ice, or have a top seed to secure home ice in multiple rounds of the playoffs. It all means something. So I guess that part of it's good for the game. But is all this parity where you have so many teams in at the top of divisions and throughout depth in a lot of these divisions. I mean, look at the Metropolitan Division. It's crazy. And the top 12 teams in the NHL, six of them come from the Metro. So I don't know if that's a good thing or not. I'm not sure how I feel about it. 
but I noticed it, so I wanted to bring it up. Now, Flyers are looking to sweep Columbus. Sweeping a team four times in one season is very difficult. As a matter of fact, I think there's only two teams that have swept their opponents uh, this season already in all four straight games. Oddly enough, one of those teams, how about the fact that it's Detroit has swept the Montreal Canadiens four games to none. Detroit's won 15 hockey games, and they have swept the Montreal Canadiens four times this season. That could be just one of many reasons why the Canadians are not going to go to the NHL playoffs, and they are not in the mix with the parity that I just talked about. Let's get to some Twitter questions, and then we got some interesting ones, and one I would really want to dive into. Uh, but we start with Jared, who says, if the Flyers win tomorrow, do you think the Columbus Blue Jackets will be in this race, race much longer? They have a rough March schedule, much, much harder than the Flyers. I thought that, Jared, I thought they were a team that was going to drop out anyway. You, I've been talking about that for about 10 days prior to their six-game losing streak. I just didn't think they could sustain it. I didn't think that the luck, the puck luck they were having would sustain because you know why? It never does. So um, they may hang around it. But I don't think that ultimately they're going to be a team that makes the postseason. I don't see that happening. By the way, this year's Brian tweets in and says uh, he's got a loser point solution. All games are worth three points. Regulation win is three points. Shootout win is two points. And a loss is one point. OT winner takes all three points. Thoughts? Eh, it's not bad. It's better. But I'm not ready to solve that problem just yet. Um, let's go to Colin, who says, should we be worried about the overall inexperience of this team, notably Hart, when it comes to making a playoff run, trying to manage expectations? Look, Colin, here's the deal. Don't manage expectations. There's times in the NHL where your team goes in as the best team in the league. The Tampa Bay Lightning last year were head and shoulders better than every, everybody, not even close. You can't manage your expectations when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Just get on your couch, grab two big handfuls of uh, terra firma, and hang on. You never know what's going to happen. I don't know how Hart's going to react in this, in the playoffs, if they get there. I really don't. He played for his country and team candidate on the biggest stages around the world and played extremely well. Now, to us in, here in the United States, that may not seem like that big of a deal. In Canada, it's a huge deal. It's a ton of pressure on a young man. All right, B. Hughes tweets in and says, What do the Flyers need to get them over the top? Whatever it takes. Stop playing for second place. Time to start thinking bigger. Your, your theory is great, Brian. I, or B. Hughes, sorry. Um, I get what you're saying. They're not playing for second place. But you don't just, in a salary cap league with a hard cap and guaranteed contracts, go balls to the wall and go, I'm doing whatever it takes right now to get over the top. There's ramifications for what you do, and there's an arc to your team. That doesn't mean that if they get in the playoffs, they can't go on a run. They can. They've beaten the best teams in this league. They've beaten the best teams on the, in this league on the road. You have a franchise goaltender. You have to see how he develops. This time to start thinking bigger thing. They are thinking bigger, but you have to think strategically. I know it's hard to say. Be patient. They haven't won a cup in 40-some years. I get it. You still need to have a little bit of patience and let this group and this vision that Chuck Fletcher has come to fruition. Vernon tweets in and says, what's something they can do in the final 20 or so games that can be productive for them in the playoffs? Well, get healthy, stay healthy, play well, and earn enough points to get in the dance. I'm not sure what else to say about that. Um, let me get to this one. Jake McDevitt tweets in and says, From being around the team, what makes Elaine Vigneault special? It seems like guys just want to play hard for him. He seems to be very open and honest. But what sticks out to you 
that the players love. Well, what I think it is, is first of all, he comes in as a high pedigree guy that's gotten to a Stanley Cup final twice. So that's instant, instant credibility. He has a, a very experienced coaching staff. And, the, and a system that works, it just takes a little time, which is why it was before the season when I was on the radio, I was telling people, and you saw all the line combinations, you got to wait, you can't think this game. These guys had to learn the system, and when it became intuitive, then they would start having more success. I think that's happened. Um, I think he's learned what players to put with who to get the most out of them in his system. I think Jacob Voracek's having a great year. And there were parts of this season where he was in Elaine Vigneault's doghouse, per se. Um, but I just think it's a level of expectation and a level of accountability that these players are under right now, and they're performing under it. They all want to win. They've always wanted to win, but you got to do the little things to get it right. Matt Tweetinen says, what do you think TK's ceiling is? He's already bested his season high in points and seems like he's uh, just – heating up for the stretch run yeah he's been good and he's got 50 points right now 20 goals already um I'm, his ceiling this year i don't think he's going to get to 30 i think he's about 26 27 um but he could be he will be a 30 goal scorer at some point in his career multiple seasons in my opinion i, I believe that i think he's a guy that can get up upwards of 65 70 points maybe 75 that's about where i see it going Slice tweets in and says, how do you see the expansion draft panning out? Assuming the roster is similar next season, who do you protect exposed? Could you see Fletcher swinging a deal? Slice, sorry, buddy. I can't even think about the expansion draft right now. That's not even this summer. I got a team with knocking on the door trying to get in the playoffs. I can't worry about the expansion draft at this time. I'm sorry. Very interesting question here, and I'd love to hear people's thoughts on this. Nooner says, if you could pick the Flyers' playoff opponent in the first round, who is it? Now, that is a very good question. Very good question. I have to be semi-realistic. I can't say, you know, I want them to take on the Buffalo Sabres because the Sabres aren't going to make the playoffs. But if I'm picking a team I'd like to see them play in the first round, I mean, it can't happen because Toronto's in the other division. So I'll pick a Metropolitan Division team. And, boy, it's hard to say the Penguins because they're so good. Caps are reeling a bit right now, but I don't love that matchup either. But I'll, I'll say uh, that I hope that they end up getting the Caps. I'll go with the, the Caps because I think they have some goalie issues there. All right, and one last Twitter question here, and this is a really good question, and I had to do a little digging on this one to get some numbers because one of the things that's been talked about, obviously, is Carter Hart's road woes um, versus his home success. And Jaden tweets in and says, do you think that Carter Hart's road woes could be connected to the sight line at different stadiums? Kind of like the batter's eye in baseball. This is the only thing I could think of to explain the vast difference of his home and road splits. Well, that would make sense. It, and there's some logic to that. There's a comfortability factor. But he actually had a higher save percentage last year on the road than he did at home. He had a 928 save percentage in his rookie year and a 248 goals against average on the road. At home, he had a 9-12 save percentage, 2-9-8 goals against average at home. So it doesn't, it doesn't bear out for me. I think that the disparity is really a couple of bad games, some on him where he just didn't play well, like the Edmonton game very early in the season. But I think it was also – a goalie is a product of environment. I always say that. Um, it's a product of what happens around him. And I don't think the team played well in a lot of road games as well, and that affected his numbers. So I, I, I don't look at it so much as just a Carter Hart issue. I look at it more of the environment, the entire team, the team defense wasn't good on a lot of instances 
on the road and they got really they got they got thumped on the road a couple of times and a couple of trips and that really has skewed the numbers very strongly so when i look at that i I don't worry about that so much to me because i look back at last year and if he was going to have more trouble on the road than at home it would have happened in his rookie year and it didn't so i think it's it's being made a little bit bigger than it should be Um, But clearly, they do need to be better on the road no matter what. All right, that's your Thursday episode. Flyers, Columbus, Blue Jackets tonight. Can they pick up another two points? Boy, we all hope so. And we'll be talking about it here on Flyers Daily. Everybody, thanks for listening, and enjoy your hockey tonight.